Hello. There he ah. is. There he is. Sorry about that. No worries. Yeah, okay. Alright, let me um let me get the intro up. If everyone retweeted, that'd be yep. great. Post the link. Everybody got what we need. Try to get viewers in, try to get all the different fan bases and stuff in. Alright, I gotta I gotta shout out to one more side actually. <laughs> How are you, Jason? Okay, sorry, I enabled the camera and it immediately kicked me out of the call for some reason. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, so that's... We can, we can just keep you on that, Jason, so you don't get kicked out. <laughs> okay. Because last the, the week before, Zero just couldn't hear us half the time. <laughs> yeah, we had all sorts of odd and unusual issues with, with getting set up. So, uh, I'm showing off this time for the Anxiety, founder of Anxiety Gamer. Jitsun Baku. Okay, let's get this show on the road now. <clears throat> We got Erper and Jim playing in the background too. So <laughs> So let's put the real music back on for intro. Let me talk over with everybody on that. Okay, and then I immediately went into our parking area, which has no signal. So <laughs> I'm on the right track right now. Things will be okay. This is great. Well, we'll get there. I'm sure. This is great. This is the great roaming. The great Roman time right now. All right. If you didn't hear anything that I said, like just if you got, you know, uh, if you want to bring in your fan base or two, just send out the retweet so they know what's Twitch channel to hit into. But yeah, let's get the show on the road. Welcome everybody. Welcome to another fun episode of Mind Games. I'm your host D Disciple, and with us around as well, we got. So let's talk about what happened last week. Last week we've had um, TSM Zero who recently retired from the Smash community after four seasons of successfully holding his number one ranked spot. And we really went in deep and had a lot of fun with him last week answering questions, all types of things, and getting the questions from the groups and all that. But this time we have a new guest, founder of Anxiety Gaming. We have Jason Docton, who is currently roaming around <laughs> And his work right now, so sometimes you might be dropping, you might be dropping in and out of the uh, hangout, but he'll make sure to kick back in. So now y'all stare on. You want to say anything? Uh, this is your boy. <laughs> so I, I'm super excited to get to chat with Jason. Um, I think what Anxiety Gaming does aligns pretty closely with kind of what I want to get out of mind games and what I think gamers should be able to do with each other. So, um, yeah, let's, I guess let's just really jump into it. 
All right. So, so right off the bat, um, as as D said, Jason Docton, founder of Anxiety Gaming. I I guess my my first question is, what was the the seminal moment where you like, okay, this is something that I want to do? Where what was that? What was the day that you told yourself, man, I think gamers need better representation when it comes to mental health? Yeah, ooh, that's that's definitely a, a big question. Um, you know, and, and, and I want to preface this with, you know, this isn't this really hallmark, beautiful moment. This um, this was actually a really tragic moment in, in my own life. Um, you know, I uh, many, many, many years ago, almost a decade now, uh, was a, a medical school student, um, and I was just really aggressively trying to push my way into medicine. I didn't know what I wanted to do in medicine. I just knew that I always wanted to be a doctor. And um, yeah, I, I was uh, working as an EMT at the time as well uh, to build up clinical hours because you need clinical experience. Um, and, and I had already accumulated that so I could go to school and, and just kept the job because uh, I really enjoyed it. But uh, most of my life was just really stressful. It was trying to balance a personal life with a really competitive schooling life with uh, this professional life in, in medicine already. Um, and, and one day I was, I was on my way home from a friend's house and had this complete breakdown. It, it almost had no real like definitive point to it. It just, I thought I was going to die. I was convinced I was going to die. Um, I had what, what we call a panic attack wow. and you know, it, it, it really hit me. And, it, and I realized the next day as I was driving to school uh, that I really didn't like being on the freeway. Something just was really intense. I felt really faint, dizzy. Um, it was like I hadn't eaten in days. It, it just was this really exhausting, draining uh, sensation. And uh, so I started to avoid the freeways. And, and then, you know, I realized in class that I would start to get this way. So I started missing class. And, um, and, and I realized that it was just really easy to not do things because doing yep. things was really hard. Um, yep. So I just stopped doing things. And, and I want to say three years go by and I, and I realized that I had just never done anything, that I had dropped out of school, that I had quit my job, that I hadn't even left my home in that much. Not, not the front yard, not the backyard, just actually hadn't left my home. Um, and, and every time I tried to leave home, that sensation came. And so I never really wanted to. Um, I, I lost everything that I could have and, and everything that I wanted uh, very quickly. And, you know, three years into this experience, I, I just told myself, like, I'm, I'm just not going to live anymore. There's, this isn't living. This is being stuck at home forever. Um, so, you know, I, I, I came to that conclusion. I'm just going to take my my own life and, and not do this anymore. Um, but I had this really weird, weird thought at the same time. I, I almost couldn't do it uh, unless I could justify it. And, and that was, it was such a, a bizarre thing to, to come up. But, you know, I, I thought to myself, if, if I can convince one other person to not take their own life, then I could justify taking my own. That, that would make more sense. It's like, I couldn't just subtract from the world, Like I had to in some ways add to it. Um, and so I, I, went off to do that and you know what does somebody do that that spends every waking hour 
uh, stuck at home, they, they play video games. And I was really good at video games. Um, and so in, in every video game I would play, I would advertise if, if anybody ever needed someone to talk to, that they could reach out to me and, and we could talk. Uh, and I did this for a couple of months. And uh, not too many people reached out and, until one uh, very specific person reached out. And um, they just gotten out of a bad relationship, and you know they're having these same thoughts that, that I was having. Um, and so we talked and and talked, and I, sometimes we would talk like eight hours straight. I mean, we just talked all day, every day, you know, working through these issues, working through that pain. Um, and we came to this really cool conclusion, you know, that that if love was really worth taking your life over, that that love was worth living for, uh, and so that they would you know, agree to not harm themselves in any way, but instead uh, go out there and, and look for true love. And, um, and so they did, and, and they were feeling a lot better. And, you know, it was this really odd moment for me where I was really excited for them, but kind of sad for myself. Um, and, you know, I, I, I realized that I had kind of made this deal with myself. Now there's no one left to help. You know, I, I can go through with this and not be trapped at home anymore. Um, and, and as that kind of day that I had planned out, it was almost a ceremony or a ritual to it. Um, I, you know, I decided to check my, my gaming accounts one last time. Uh, and this whole time that I was helping this individual, I hadn't gone on any of my gaming uh, or any of my games because I was just full time helping them or researching how to help them better. Um, and so I logged back on. And I realized I have tons of messages, tons and tons of messages from people who had reached out saying, hey, you know, I saw that you, you know, are interested in talking to people um, and, and just was flooded with so much of this. And, and it just hit me. It was that exact moment that I was like, you know what, instead of trying to figure out how I can take my own life, like I, I've got to make sure that nobody ever takes theirs. And everything has just exploded since then with that, that mindset, with that very thought, that, that very moment, everything took off. That's that to me is, is, is incredible because it, it rings so true of, of so many stories that I hear with, with I mean, people in, in gaming that are, you know, Boston asked to, to make sure that they can make a difference in whatever realm they are. Um, there's a friend of mine who has a startup in, in, I think, San Diego, and he he describes it in a lot of the same way. There was a, a, a point at which he wanted to take his own life, and I, I don't remember exactly what it was. I, I think it was visiting South America, but he saw something, and he said, I, I have a responsibility to you know do what I can to help these people. And, and as a result, has been working his, his heart out to, to make a little startup for himself and, and to modernize uh, social gaming. It's beautiful. Um, I mean, hell, that's a lot of the same for, for me. Um, the, that description of those the three years of not leaving your house or not leaving your apartment, that I empathize heavily with that because I've I've been there um, for I know I can think of a few periods where it's for a week at a time I would walk out of my my house for what to take out the trash 
and beyond that, just stay and play video games because it felt safe. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I I even had that for a good portion of 2017, and and t- mind games and in general this this idea that 2018 could be a better year. Um, that's that's driving me now. So I you know I I I love that you come come at this from from a place that is arguably pretty dark, but you know that your intentions throughout it are really good. So I, I really I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, it's it, and and you know it's 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 been such a long journey and um I mean I, we've been around for God, almost eight years now. It's it's been a a long, long time. Um you know, and it's 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 run on a balance of that that energy, of you know, almost every single per well, actually every single person on our team uh, has personally been there, has has felt these issues, has dealt with it. You know, whether it's it's really severe depression or anxiety, a, a mix of both, uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, uh, bipolar one and two. I mean, we we have a team that just understands what it's like to be stuck in this really really dark place um and you know that's that's kind of almost how we imagine it too you know we we almost see as our uh, people find themselves hearing things coming from this dark place like these thoughts this doubt this you know this self-esteem issues they, they almost kind of like whisper to us while we're out in the world and you know at some point we get curious and and we engage with those thoughts we engage with those feelings and and they just pull you under so quickly. Um, they drag you into this really dark place and, and you can't help but fall further into it. And you know, every time you try and leave, you don't know which way is up. You don't, you don't know which way is out because you're just so stuck in the middle of that darkness. Um, you know, and in some ways, us as, as these care providers, us as these individuals that are seeking to help, you know, we, we have to take a piece of ourself that, that illuminates that place. It's, you really have to invest the human spirit into it um, and, and go into that darkness and pull people out. And, you know, it's, it, it's a humbling feeling because you, you experience that darkness all over again, you know, but you have that mind state that not only can I get out of this place, but I'm taking you with me. We're, we're leaving this together. Oh yeah. Um, and I think that that's, that connects really well with this, that the mentality of what I was, what I had kind of posted on Twitter, this idea that gamers can, can be the endemic solution to, to a lot of these problems within gaming. Um, I think that part of the issue comes down to how, how gamers are viewed and how stress is viewed in relation to gamers, because too often, at least in the way I see it, or, or in my few experiences, People think, well, if he's playing games, where what can be depressing? What can be stressful? Um, and I think those stigmas are are hard to break. But I think that inherently, like things like the growth of, of esports and modern gaming as as a more well accepted kind of mainstream concept, I think those are helping break those stigmas, but what what do you think we as gamers can do on a regular basis? 
you know that i think that's something that always comes up where there's millions upon millions of people playing these games what can we do if i load into a game on of league of legends what do you think is like a tiny step that everyone could take to just improve how we take care of each other yeah you know i i I think a lot of it begins with taking care of ourselves and and it's it's really hard to to focus on that mission and it's so easily sidetracked uh, but it bleeds into everything we do you know that that day that you didn't take care of yourself so you didn't sleep right so you're a little bit more groggy a little bit more um, uh, aggravated and then you go into a game and you watch your your adc feed like it's he's trying to solve other humane problems then then you're just sitting there like okay like how do i not blow this guy up right now (laughs) you know and and it it happens especially in games like league people the game is almost designed to test your patience and your ability to handle frustrating situations Um, but you don't handle those if you don't take care of yourself Uh, it's it's just not possible Um, you know we we very privately work with a lot of esports players uh, in league of legends in overwatch um those, those two games really um, are, are areas where we have the most reach right now. Uh, and a lot of it is, is taking it back. We, we get toxic players from teams and they're just like, hey, I don't know what to do with this guy. Like he's typing KYS in chat anytime somebody misplays, like he AFKs. He's spam pinging his own teammates. Like I don't even want to talk about solo queue. Like this guy's a total mess. What do we do right. to help this player? Um, and, and it's always pulling things back. It's, it's pulling things back into this specific individual. It's oftentimes self-esteem. Uh, we don't really realize that the team that we're playing with, for some people, this game is everything. Yeah. Not yeah. even just this game, this match. This is, this is my whole day. This is my whole year. This is my self-worth. If I lose this game, it, it's either... Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you and you have to. Why wouldn't you rage? Because what this game is telling you is, is either that you are indeed a loser because you, you've lost this game or it's someone else's fault. There's no way you could admit to, to being that person. And we don't want to. Nobody wants to admit to that because we're, we're not losers. We know we're not losers, but that's what it feels like. So you know what? It's, it's not my fault. It's top lane's fault because top lane is, is actually just feeding right now. Um, that misplay, well, the misplay wouldn't have been so bad if our mid actually responded. You know, th- those are the kinds of thoughts that we start to go through, you know, because we, we, can't, we can't have it be ourselves. We can't take that self-esteem hit any harder than we already are. And, and you start to see this, especially in, in games like League and Overwatch, where you lose the game and it actually ruins your day. You win the game and it has zero impact on you right. whatsoever. You don't even care. That's that's it's so for that piece of advice more specific to that question, like if that is your mind state, there is nothing you're going to do that's that's going to positively impact the team. That's that's helpful because it's not genuine. That's not where you are. Um, You know, it's, it's being able to sleep better. It's being able to eat better. It's being able to exercise uh, and and beyond that into the mental side. It's it's being able to, to meditate. Um, it's it's being able to be mindful. It's being able to be open with yourself. It's it's having that level of awareness that, hey, you know, I can write this in chat, but is this actually just a reflection of myself right now? 
Am I really trying to make someone feel as bad as I feel? In some ways, yeah, I want this person to feel as, as upset as I feel they made me feel. Um, but when you break that down into the reality is, is why would I want somebody to feel that way? That's, that doesn't really seem appropriate. Uh, I mean, probably basic steps. Uh, and, and this is how I play League of Legends. And, and I play around like Diamond 2 or, or so uh, for the most part. So it's, it's just actually the, the most toxic place in the world. <laughs> Um, right it's, I immediately, oh, yeah, it's, <laughs> oh, bad. it's so bad. Um, the, the first thing I do is, is slash mute all and yep. yeah, that, that means I don't get to communicate with anyone. That, that means that everything is related in pings. Um, and, and there's no chance for me to be positive or, or be a leader or be a role model either. And, and I, you know, I realize that as well. Um, but it's that being self-aware i also get really frustrated with these games sometimes and and i i just don't want to enter that mindset let's keep it professional you know i'm trying to rank up so i don't need to talk i'm just going to focus on my own game i'm going to play i'm going to win myself i'm going to beat my opponent and and hope that my team does the same um and, and mute all is is just one of the best ways to begin that uh, when i enter chat I, I always just greet everybody hey friends really excited to get into this game. Let's do it. Um, and, and that's it. Sometimes I'll tell people like, Hey, I just use me at all. Like I don't, you know, I'm not trying to ignore you. Just spam ping me. If I'm, if I'm playing like, like a fool, like just let me know. Um, right. and then afterwards it's always, you know, GG well played. And, and if that becomes a behavior, if that becomes something that I automatically do, that's, that is important. That, that becomes my, my way of play. Um, so the little basic things like that, but yeah, I, I think, you know, even working with the pros that have these issues, that's usually their team's first couple of questions. It's like, Hey, what can we do to help this person be more positive in games? Uh, and it, it always ends up being, well, what are you doing to make this person's life positive? What is this person doing to make their life positive? Okay. Nothing. Well then don't even worry about the game. Cause we're not there yet. Right. You know, one thing one thing you said that I think really sticks out in my mind is that a you know a loss can ruin your day, but a day but a win that could just not impact you at all. And you know, I for for me, I think about I think about in Smash. There have been a couple times where someone will win a tournament, and it's happened a couple times in 2017 where. They'll win, and it'll they'll have this look of just like, okay, it's not it's not elation, it's not any sort of excitement. It's like they just shake their heads and it's gone. Yeah, the the win hasn't been worth anything to them because there's other things going on in the back. You know, there's other other issues going on that they're playing out in their head, and for them, you know, the the two cases in in my mind are are exceptions, I think, but I see it a lot when I've when I've watched other people play where people will get burned out or, or just have other things on their mind while they're playing. So the victory doesn't feel, doesn't feel full. And, and what often ends up happening is they'll end up playing another and, and it leads into its own vicious cycle. Um, but I, I want to, I want to know though, in your, in your time playing league, has there ever been something that you've, you kind of, always play in the back of your head like damn that was 
you know, I'm impressed that someone else was as positive as they were or, or was just as generally a, a good influence on your team. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and huge shout outs to players like this um, shifter um, shifter is probably one of the most positive players in league that, that you're going to come across. And, and he's legitimately like one of the best players you're going to find in solo queue. Um, shifter previously played for uh, CLG or, or, was a streamer for CLG for a short time. Um, but he's, he's just an incredibly positive person. He's able to completely separate frustration from the game in, in such a, a powerful way. Uh, and, and that's how it, it's supposed to be. That's, that's a really good call. Um, G-Bay, way, way back in the day, he was a, a YouTuber. Oh, um, I forgot really about him. Yeah, I don't wow. know what happened that's, to him. But. That's a name I haven't heard in quite some time. <laughs> so positive in games it's just so so positive and it, and it has such a big impact like if you can challenge yourself to be that positive person uh it, it does make up for any level of play that that you just don't have because you're focused on being positive and you know for for me when i'm i'm i have very little time to play so when i do you know i'm really my objective is to win right um, so for me it's it's easier to just mute everything and and think that I'm going to just 1v9 this from jungle um, because it's it's still possible to do that. Um, you know, but if I'm auto-filled in any other kind of role, um, I, I know I'm not going to play as well. And, and so my effort becomes, how do I boost up people around me? Like, how do I, I reward people for, for making good plays? How do I diminish the, the negative impacts of making bad plays? And yeah, players like Shifter actually just do that actively in chat. Um, and, and that's, that's a great example. I know he's a pretty popular broadcaster now, so it's easy mm -hmm. to see, but just watch his attitude when he plays. He laughs, he has fun, he smiles. You don't see him get upset. You don't see him rage. He doesn't leave. Um, he doesn't mute people. He, he just handles all of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, he is one of the most just generally positive and up, upbeat players to watch stream because he's he is a very good influence on this team. I'm, I'm dying to, I'm struggling to think of anyone that immediately comes to mind that's just consistently more positive than he is actually. <laughs> yeah, league is yeah. it's got a couple of them but they they exchange a lot of the positivity for skill. Um and <laughs> And I think that's fine too. It's it's a mindset. There's yeah. a very fine mindset for professionals where, you know, you, you have to battle and, and juggle those things of I need to win this game, period. And I wanna be a good role model or, or be positive the whole time because the game's not always positive. I mean, you know, if we think about a cutie pie, we can <laughs> we can say cutie pie is just this this meme lord, but realistically he's he has this a, a very well sculpted personality that he has for a stream and it can be brash or crass at times, but you know, for him, it gets the job done. And for shifter, the be, being positive really does get the job done quite well. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And so with, with league and I'm, I'm kind of thinking back to what was my, my moment where I wanted to see something change and how gamers talk at least. Um, you know, I don't know if you remember 
several years ago, there was a, a former league, uh, a former Riot employee that committed suicide. Um, and I, you know, I don't remember the, the details, but I remember trying to post about it and, and try to start a discussion about mental health because I thought, well, you know, there's more people in game that are struggling with, with mental health, with cyberbullying, what have you. And, and they said, no, it's not league related. And, and I remember that really bothering me. That just making me incredibly upset that, you know, it's like, this is something that's, this is a problem in the community that honestly needs to be addressed and we're not addressing it. So, you know, I'm from that perspective, I'm, I'm so, so happy that back then I didn't know that anxiety gaming existed. And I think I only found out about it probably a year and a half later. And I remember just being very happy that it already exists. And that there was already someone that said, yeah, this, we need to be able to talk about this as gamers. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're, we're putting pressure on developers too. Um, it's, it's been a more recent thing, um, but we have we've really started to spike in popularity with the rise of esports um, mm -hmm. because I, I I was in esports very very early on. Uh, a lot of our our staff, uh, especially our uh, board members, have famously uh, been in esports or even helped build it. Uh, you know, really that those initial steps. Um, but it's it's something that we we really need to push on the developers, the publishers, because they have such a huge space for impact that they just don't use. They, they're watching these things happen and, and finding ways to monetize everything that happens and not really caring uh, about the blowback. Yeah. Um, coincidentally, uh, and, and this is something we've battled with internally for some time, you know, my, my stance on gaming in, in terms of the overall impact on mental health has really started to change from you know, being this really big champion of gaming is great for people with mental health issues. You know, this is how it kept me alive for so much time um, to, you know, it's, it's not that great. And, and it can be. There's a lot of positive parts to gaming that, that help. And there's good research that shows gaming as positive uh, for mental health. But, you know, we really need to take into account things like loot crates and, and loot boxes and um, these these systems that are engineered by by psychologists as well to to be addicting to be a uh, cash grab to really get you to open up your wallet and, and be addicted so they can mon monetize your addiction and and things like that especially as those games become more and more popular are really serious concerns um you know it's 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 something that is incredibly frustrating but these publishers these developers they know they're doing this they pay people to design these things to do yep. exactly that. It's frustrating. I mean, no, and and the loot crate one, that that topic, obviously, it is still pretty pretty salient. It's it's very recent with with Battlefront, but it you know it it amazes me that that we still have to talk about it as if it isn't gambling when in other places in the world we've they've said, oh yeah, no, this is gambling. This is Right. Pretty textbook definition of of gambling, but on the on the topic of developers, I, what do you think about games like uh, like Hellblade that try to give a different perspective into mental health? From my perspective, 
I, I love the idea. I think it's really hard to do, and obviously Hellblade does an exceptional job of it, So I, and I think it'll be hard for other games to really help understand what it feels like to struggle with any number of mental illnesses. But my only concern in that in that realm is running the risk of, of being almost too realistic. What are, what are your thoughts in that kind of in that idea? Yeah, you know, Hellblade is is one of the the most amazing experiences uh, that people can have it and get a glimpse of, of mental health issues and at their most severe. Um, you know, I, I think that those are are very positive things that we need to embrace. And, and I realize that there are people in, in similar positions to myself who have only the opposite to say that these things can be triggering, that these things can be unhelpful. Um, you know, you've got somebody going around and, and there's lots of action and violence and, you know, that can paint a, a negative perception. Um, you know, I, I can see all of those things, but I, I don't think we need to handle people with kids gloves when it comes to yes. mental health issues anymore. I, I think that really hurts us. We, you know, in, in some ways, when we personally suffer with these issues, we, we want to be able to safely acknowledge them. We want to be able to know that we're not going to be victimized or, or marginalized for dealing with these issues. But we also know we can, we can make impact on these issues that, you know, some of us will, will have minor issues or less severe issues that we can completely overcome. Uh, and others will we'll deal with issues and, and really focus more on finding ways to minimize the, the negative impact they have on our lives. But those things, those are things that we, we, ne we need to have that mindset of, of overcome and, and get better and self-improve and, and wellness. Um, and, and games like Hellblade not only really show that and, and paint a, a positive light in, in, in that way, uh, but they allow people to experience and become more knowledgeable. It, it's it's a battle of ignorance, right? It's yeah. I don't definitely. know anything about these issues. Now I know more, and that's a positive thing. And for those that play that and, and, and might get triggered, and so their takeaway is that this game is harmful. Well, you know that's that becomes uh, um, an issue of responsibility and, and research of like these people kind of made it clear that this game could trigger people that are more sensitive. So we can do some research and, and not introduce us into something while we're really sensitive. Yeah, that's that's my feedback on that. I, I like games like that. Um, I, I think there's there's other games that do it pretty well. Um, there's a, a newer game that's that's come out, and I know this is it started to become more popular to live stream. Um, but there's the the developer of it live streams every day his development on the game. It's a game called Heartbound, um, and Heartbound really focuses on what it's like to deal with depression, uh, and and not only from the side of somebody who actively deals with depression, but also from somebody who's trying to help somebody with depression. Uh, and it's just got this really beautiful, gripping story that introduces those two different narratives uh, in a way that could definitely trigger someone. Um, but also in a way that can really seriously educate on what it's like to deal with depression on yeah. that level. Um, yeah, so I, I, I do love these games. I love the concept of it because I think in some way this is a, a, a way to expose people to what 
it feels like and and to help them understand when you know i've had friends tell me that you know i'm over i'm exaggerating or or you know i uh, being a bitch they they don't agree that i i know what i'm feeling and i think games like this really do help humanize or or at least rationalize for some people the <clears throat> the fear and the feeling and the pain of mental illness so on a on a lighter note, I do want to know what are what are your some of your childhood games? What are some games that do you all, that can always put a smile on your face? Ah, uh, Diablo, the that yeah. series. Um, <laughs> oh man, yeah, I, I remember <laughs> when when I was uh, a really young kid. Um, I, I went through the the foster system a couple of times, and um, one of the families that I was with the father worked for IBM in the early days. And so we had computers and when the internet came out, he had the internet right away. Uh, and I remember when Diablo came out, when Blizzard first published that, him bringing that home and just that laugh that it plays, like oh, the yeah. devil laughing. And I was just like, oh my God, like this is on a whole new level of, of scary and exciting. And I remember playing online and it was one of the first times that I really got to engage with people and, and not feel like I'm this, you know, this kid that's, that's had this troubled life so far. Like I'm whoever I want to be, you know, I'm this mage here. Um, and so it was, it was just such a wonderful experience. Um, I, a lot of my go-to childhood games were, were Blizzard games, uh, Starcraft when it came out and making maps and being able to be creative in that way. Uh, World of Warcraft possibly, consuming my whole life every every expansion that came out was just another endeavor into i'm not gonna leave home i'm just gonna play this game um yeah it's definitely a, a very heavily pc uh based player i've just always enjoyed that and, and always looked up to that being able to see the pcs like i had a lot of friends at school that had consoles um but you know, few people had the PCs, and the people that did, they were like these elite gamers. You know, like, yep. oh, you got that system, like that's insane. So, yeah, it's, oh, it's PC yeah. all the way for me. Gosh, man, I I remember growing up, and yeah, the 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 friend that had the PC was always the friend that you wanted to go and play on their computer and tinker. And when I finally passed into the the realm of oh, I I have the PC. Oh, opened so many doors. I'm not limited to only what's on my on my PlayStation. Yeah, love Gosh. it. Gosh, I was like Our... the only one here that was. I'm probably the only one here that was more of the console guy. Always releasing the new fighting games or something. Always got me uh, excited. Oh yeah, the fighting. Anything that came and, out like on Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis back then, I'm like, oh my god, what's this? I gotta play it now. <laughs> I I miss that. I I think that's probably one of the things that that now in consoles lost it as well of going to the store and getting a game and, and holding yes. the case and feeling that was like that was such a great feeling. Like going like, to Best Buy when you were a kid or like Funko <laughs> Land, like when your parents were want to go shopping. And you saw that Best Buy store, and you knew that they had like the latest game to play, and not just a demo. 
All right, mom, I'm gonna I'll be at the electronics section. You gonna go do your shopping. When you're done, you, and you come get back mad. and get me. You get mad if they say no or like you're with like a relative and they're like, No, you gotta stay with us. I'm like, No, 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 I'm I'm gonna go play this. Like, oh. yeah, they got they got Mario sixty four over there. Like I'm I'm gonna do that for the next hour. Like, you I do whatever don't, you want. I don't wanna see you grab a grab a dress in this next store over there. I'm just gonna be right here when you guys are done, just come pick me up. <laughs> the the best one growing up for me was that there's a a little truck stop between the University of Illinois and, and my hometown. And in that truck stop, you go in and in the McDonald's, they had Super Smash 64 set up. And they had it set up until probably 2010. You just go in, they have console with two, was it two setups. Was it melee? No, it was 64. Weird. It was that was That's, there since probably, you know. I remember playing it when I was first, second grade, around two thousand. They probably had to take it out because of the fights. The, right. That game, oh, that, that really separates people. That's I'm, that's the one. Hold on, hold on. I need to backtrack real quick. Did you just say first and second grade in the year two thousand? Uh, yeah. Y two Y two K was when I was in first grade. Um, God, I'm so much older than you. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, I was in like yeah, almost twelfth no. grade in two thousand. Oh nope. Y two K was not twelfth grade, we know sixth grade, sixth grade. <laughs> I was a a bright eyed, unaware first grader and I was like, I don't understand the implications of Dude, I learned math from video games back in first grade and second grade. Oh yeah. I learned how to read in kindergarten from playing like games that I had no idea what I was doing, but I had to figure out what the words sounded like and stuff. Yeah, I, that's that's where I learned. I mean, I I remember the original Zelda uh, for the Nintendo, and like we would map out on paper like the whole thing, and we had to measure the distances, and like this is like an intense learning curve that you had to figure out because. You didn't have that built into the game. Like there was no real map system. Like we had to write all of the caves and or, the game um, taught you about life. How I learned basic math was Sonic the Hedgehog. Like how I learned how um, you know, like once you got like a hundred rings, you got an extra <laughs> life and everything. So I learned basic math that way from addition to multiplication and subtraction and all that. <laughs> So I'm just like, how okay, so I was like, how many rings I did, I lost or won or how many that I needed to get to 100 still or, or like, especially in um, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 when you went, when you did the special stages yeah. to get the, yeah, to get the Chaos Emeralds. That's where I learned subtraction real fast. <laughs> That's where I learned subtraction real fast and math like really fast because you're like you know like you had to get like the requirement of rings before you can advance to the next part. And if you yeah. if you got hit, I'm just like, oh my god! I just like I was like, didn't know how to read properly, but I knew that I needed five more rings just to get this dang chaos emerald, or else I would not get supersonic by the time I got to uh, Sky Egg and everything. Or like, but basic true multiplication was doing it through RPGs when like I had to get like three shirts and stuff, and I was like, okay, so I need like forty five of this and all of this, and everyone was like, how do you not, how do you know all this and stuff? Like, oh, video games, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a waste of time. <laughs> oh. Yeah, they, you know, it's it's 
gaming is such a powerful thing for us. It, it's crazy because we can sit here and, and just really gush over these games. And, and, you know, we don't know each other, but immediately there's this bond, there's this trust, there's yes. this understanding. Um, and, and I think that's what really allows nonprofits like ours, like Anxiety Gaming, to be so successful in, in ways that other clinics and, and other approaches aren't. Um, you know, to to sit down and talk about the things that hurt us the most, to, to sit down and talk about, you know, how we're, we're feeling and how we're dealing with these things is, I mean, it takes a level of trust. It, it takes this level of communication that gamers have already figured out that, that we already can do and, and takes a level of trust that we establish um, because we've learned that we have to establish that. You know, it's, it's in a lot of these games where you have to figure out how to trust people to be successful. So many team-oriented games. And, you know, it's something that we can use immediately in this clinical application of now we trust each other, now, now we're working together, now we understand each other. Like, let's go from here and build something. Um, you know, we, we call it a, um, a temporary coalition. You know, we, we have a unified goal now. And, and that goal was maybe, you know, fighting monsters together, leveling up together, getting gear together. Legends. But now it's, yeah, exactly. And, and, but now it's, it's working together to beat these issues. So we've, we use the same format that exists within gaming that we're so used to. And we just changed the focus to something that, that's really important to deal with right now. I mean, so I guess kind of swing back, just out of curiosity, have you ever, has Anxiety Gaming ever considered doing a partnership on a game, you know, consulting or, or working towards making a game that, that you guys feel is adequate for explaining some aspect of, of mental health? Um, you know, I, I've, I've thought about things like that. We, we have consulted on games before. All of them are, are still in development, so there's not much I can speak about to that. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, making a game, I, I think one of the things we've come back to is, is our name is already kind of ridiculous. Given what we do, people already assume we make games or they think we're an esports team. So we have a hard time yeah. explaining that we don't do that. I'm gonna be um, real. Hold on, I'm gonna be real. But I'm gonna be real. Like when, when, when Prem pitched pitched to me about you guys for an episode, and he was like, "Yeah, we're gonna have like the founder of Society Gamers and everything." I was like, "What the hell team did they play for?" <laughs> <laughs> like I looked it up, and then I like did my research, and I was like, "Oh." Oh, this is not what I thought these guys were about at all. <laughs> no, every every uh, esports org is totally literal. So optic gaming is totally you know optic gaming all about you know eyesight optimal and everything. Anxiety gaming, yeah, that's straight. The name says it for yeah. itself. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a difficult one. Um, interesting, you bring up optic. Uh, one of our senior directors works at optic. Uh, so we're we're huge fans of of the Outlaws and uh, their other traditional games, but um, yeah, you know we we're actually going to change this name uh, in the next few months. We're we're doing a complete rebrand to not have that problem anymore. Um, still 100% gaming, still all about focusing on on gamers struggling with mental health issues, but with a name that is a little less esports sounding. <laughs> 
Very fair. Um, I don't, yeah. I don't know what esports team will pick up anxiety gaming though. Like I feel like you guys got this stuck on though. Yeah, but, uh, that that is actually a problem that we've had, which is why we need to uh, switch. Is is um, we've wanted to work with esports teams, and it's conflicting to have you know X gaming on your jersey and then have anxiety gaming also on your jersey. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> just, the, just the branding issues. God, I didn't even think about that. To but be fair, though, you, know, <laughs> you guys, you guys did. I mean. A lot of these orgs were not necessarily around eight years ago, so it's very true. We <laughs> we started this back when that was the super cool thing to do. Everybody was something gaming, and if if you had that, like that was your name, like that's how you knew it was like a legit gaming organization. Yes. Um, so it was really cool back then. Uh, now that everything is is more professional, now that we've helped tens of thousands of people. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's got to be different. Um, and, and with our rebrand, uh, everything will be different. The, the way that people get help will be different. The team that's helping them is, is added way more people. Uh, the whole experience is, is going to be much more professional. You know, we, we did what we could with the little that we had for the last few years. And, and it very much showed that this was an organization one person started who was just trying to help a couple of people. Um, but now that we're on the scale that we are, um, you know, being at, at TwitchCon and, and being a part of PAX and E3 and working with these major developers, um, you know, we, we just have to make that that next step. And, and the people that we work with deserve it. You know, they deserve something that's much more effective, much more professional. Uh, and, and the name is, is the smallest part about this change. But, yep. you know, we'll effectively communicate that we've made that growth as well. So, <laughs> so I, I do have to cater to the fact that I think both Dee and I come kind of come from a, a, a Smash Brothers background. So I think I remember ask, bringing up Kevin and, and Zach. You know Zach, correct? Yeah. Right. So, any do you have any antics with with Zach and CLG? Anything we can hold over his head when we when we see him at tournaments? You just have anything uh, with CLG, just in general. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I I mean, I I'm not really sure where these these things go. I mean, for for full disclosure, Devin Nash, who is the former CEO of Counterlogic Gaming. Uh, is is one of our core advisors, and so um, interestingly enough, when when Devin found out that we were between offices and you know really struggling with the growth of our organization, he brought us into the CLG compound where we worked every day. That became wow. our new office. Um, so we would work from there all day. Uh, he would mentor me uh, throughout the night, and and it was just a, a nonstop. Thing. So we definitely saw a lot. <laughs> uh, we saw a lot of interesting things that, that we can't really point out or, or talk about, um, you know, but I, I personally didn't get to, to spend too much time with Zach either. I, I definitely saw him around the house a lot. Um, he's seen me around the house a lot. He just is a really nice guy, really warm guy. He's always very friendly. Um, but 
yeah, we, we always have to keep everything professional, which can be frustrating because like we see so much of the this stuff that when I was just a fan of esports and and playing in it, like it's the things that you want to know. You want to know the gossip. You want to know like what people do behind the scenes. Like you want to be a part of that. And and now we're all a part of that, but we can't say anything about it. <laughs> it's frustrating. I'm taking a real friend. Oh, did we lose him again? No, he's there. There he is. So, yeah, my, I don't know why. It keeps on dropping me out of the call. Thankfully, I have it up on my phone so I can listen in while it, while it cuts out. <laughs> Perfect. But yeah, CLG is, is an amazing organization. They, they've changed everything since we've left, though. I mean, it's just... It's, a brand new thing uh, with their partnership uh, with MSG. It's I mean, they're they're really on a on a different level uh, compared to other organizations. This is this is the real deal esports now. You know, there's this is when VCs get involved and pour huge amounts of money into stuff. It it really shows or exchange overnight. Yeah, I mean it's it's been incredible to see even in this the the past few months with what golden. Golden State Warriors, Houston Rockets, mm -hmm. and um, I feel like I'm missing one. Former Lakers. Oh, the, the Cavaliers, right? The Cavaliers, right now. They you know, these three NBA organizations getting involved in league. We have a number of orgs that are all co-owned or, or somehow uh, managed by by sports players. Partnerships with MSG. We have league. Yeah, I mean Riot was able to get the bird's nest and that that blows my mind that they were able to fill the entire bird's nest for finals of, for the world finals that's it's incredible to see how much it's grown from you know as as cliche as it sounds events in in your parents basement to three million people sitting in one place watching it with another 50 million or whatever watching it online it's it's absolutely astonishing right it, it really is it's it's been crazy to be a, a part of i know um that that we work with a lot of these teams in this process um you know with with owl and and uh, lcs um owl especially it's so crazy the game was was out for a very short time and now is immediately a franchised esports with you know, nothing but major sports franchises behind it. It's, it's yeah. crazy that that popped up. And, and they've been working on that, you know, since since the game existed. It's it's really, you see how it was engineered for that. And it proves a, a couple of things because, you know, we were in this point where uh, before Overwatch League, we, we saw people were making games just to be in esports. Like they were... Like, I'm going to make the next latest and greatest esports. They didn't get that it was the communities that yeah. made it in esports. You know, StarCraft made itself uh, a competitive esports. But um, almost in, in either a positive or negative way, OWL was just like, we're going to be an esport. Like, we're, we're just going to do this. I, I know Blizzard tried to do that with Heroes of the Storm, and that that's uh, an interesting thing uh but but owl they they just actually did it you know it, whether people wanted this to be a thing or 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 didn't 
it became one. And it's, it's yeah. so crazy. And I think it shows and, and gives insight into these VCs as well and, and where their mind is. Um, because OWL stats or Overwatch's stats were terrible before yeah. OWL. Like nobody watched Overwatch. It was, you know, you watch it for, um, you know, the 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 view the very few personalities that existed in, within Overwatch that was what would maybe get 20k views, um, and, and that was it. And then all of a sudden, the first day of OWL, it has 400,000 viewers. It breaks the record on Twitch uh, before Tyler One just hands them the the L and, and takes that record. Um, it, it was it was just such a weird thing to see, uh, but it it shows that there's a real format now for esports and that that format means if you have money you can make it so with with esports especially kind of modernizing to the point that it has do you think that actually no, no i i honestly think that it'll it'll kind of catch up to traditional sports in terms of being able to take care of its players but do you think that it will focus on addressing kind of the mental health side of it, which I think is is both very common in the esports realm as well as, as pretty pretty taxing and, and potentially debilitating, or do you think it'll address things like carpal tunnel and, and physical issues first? What do you or, or do you think it'll actually put enough effort emphasis on the mental side? Because I think we'll already have a lot of the, the kind of sports medicine aspect. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, so the, the part of that question can already be answered. Uh, physical stuff, physical therapists, that's that's already a thing. Yeah. Um, and, and I highly suggest checking out 1HP. Um, Matt and, and Caitlin are incredible physical therapists that I've personally seen uh, be life-changing for players. Um, they, they're just, they're wonderful. Um, they're, they're not a nonprofit. They are an, an LLC, so... Um, do keep that in mind. But for teams that use them, uh, I believe they were um, with CLG for, for quite some time being very uh, helpful. And, and now we're over at Immortals uh, providing the same amazing service. So physical therapy. Yeah, a lot of the teams we talk to have physical therapists. Um, a lot of the teams that we talk to have sports psychologists. Mm -hmm. uh, but there is an interesting thing with that. Sports psychology is very, very different than the, the approach and the scope that we look at. Um, you know, there, there's one thing of helping a player being mindful in game. There's another thing of recruiting a player with social anxiety and yes. seeing that they can't really work with the team. Um, you know, it's, it's, there's some crossover definitely, uh, but this is what we're seeing. And, you know, unfortunately it's, the adaption is, is gonna be difficult. It's, you know, the teams that genuinely care about their players and don't see them as, as something to monetize will definitely look into services like that as we continue to make them aware, uh, at least of our existence. Um, but also, you know, it'll extend beyond that after people see that there is a monetizable competitive edge there. That, okay, so if I help these players in that way, I can make more money off of them. Uh, but that's that's business, unfortunately. That's how people run things. So, yeah, we we work with the teams that, that genuinely care about their players. We we don't work with the teams that don't yet know that their players have these issues. And we will eventually work with the teams that 
figure out that what we provide for the players does in fact make them better players because it helps them be better people. Um, but I mean, the, the realistic part, of, if you're breaking apart an esports e player into this model is, you know, think about it. What does it take to become an esports player? Like you really have to game constantly, hours, hours, every single day. If you have a player that plays nine hours because a competitive esports player with a salary is probably paying, playing 10 to 12 every day for a living, um, the person who's not making a six-figure salary to do that is probably not doing too well. Yes. Um, you know, the, the anxiety, the depression, there, there's a lot of pain that can lead to that. Um, or a lot of determination. And, and the times that you find those players, that's great. But the reality is that these teams, these professional sports franchises that are building esports teams and flying players from across the world to come down, um, they will quickly realize that these players are, are sometimes dealing with depression, sometimes dealing with anxiety disorders. And, you know, you can, they can be a really good player if you put them on the world stage and they have a panic attack from the business side. Well, that's, that's your investment. And, yeah. you know, we have made it a point with this, at least this past year, to really focus on esports and, and help those players because we, we want to set a standard before esports continues to, to blow up and, and take off. This should be a part of, of esports. Um, we are talking uh, at, well, we're talking at Blizzard at this point, not, not necessarily talking to them, um, but trying to get them to mandate mental health care as part of the OWL package. OWL players have to have health care. That's not an option. Yes. Yep. They don't have mental health care. That's a problem. Uh, and it should be the same exact thing throughout the LCS. These players deserve to be treated better than they are and they deserve help when they need help and um that's it, we see it every time we come in and and most of the time teams bring us in as like disaster relief like this person is completely shut down this yeah, person is completely I'm... broken can you help them and it's just like what did you do what did you guys do to this man? i mean you know i i i i think that's that's as as hard as it is to think that, yeah, uh, players do get burnt out by their by their organizations. Um, it's it it feels like it's something that is endemic. Um, as much as we we hope that the players are are getting treated as well as they can, I, I sometimes suspect that. It's not so much in the U.S. anymore with a lot of the orgs, but abroad, I feel like players are not getting treated as as they should. And if if you know LCS players and and OWL players can get mandated mental health care, I think that'll be a huge push towards really making a difference in terms of understanding that gamers need it too. Yeah. So I'm. Yeah. It, it sets a, a, a good standard. And, and, you know, one of the things if, if I, you know, when, when I was really, really young, when I was a kid, everybody wanted to be a doctor or a lawyer or an astronaut, yep. um, you know, but that's changed. People want to be YouTubers. They want to be esports players. And, and I mean, it, it hasn't changed. It says that nobody ever wants to be a doctor, but now there's these new dream jobs that, that a decent amount of people genuinely want to aspire to. Um, and so when you have one of your favorite players in the LCS or OWL 
who stands there and, and, and goes through mental health treatment and is public about it, that, that's somebody who's changing everything. That's mm -hmm. they're communicating to all of their impressionable young fans, the, the counter to the stigma that exists. And, and, you know, they can, because of the age range of gaming, effectively get that message out before the stigma ever sets in before anyone ever hears otherwise. And, you know, when, and when somebody does introduce that message of like, you would get therapy, like, but so-and-so gets therapy, like they're cool. Yeah, that's, that's something that, that riot, that blizzard, that so many of these companies could headway. And, you know, I don't think they're not doing it because, you know, they don't want to, I think they just genuinely don't know they have an opportunity to have such an impact. That so many of these companies could headway. And, oh. Sorry, disconnected again. Um, go. Yeah, you can you can hear two seconds ago. I'm sorry. Um, you know, I, I what you were saying about the kind of the stigma with therapy that that's something that I remember having to get over. And now, when someone someone tells me that they're going through any any level of of depression, anxiety whatever you know i immediately say you should see a therapist if 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 not to find a solution to talk through it and i think that gamers are a shy group it's hard for a gamer to break out of his shell and feel comfortable talking to you know what is ostensibly a complete stranger but you know i became very close with my therapist you know i i what was initially a lot of apprehension became, I can break down, I can really be very emotionally honest. Um, and I think that's hugely important, especially for gamers. Absolutely, I, I've had the same therapist for, I don't even know how long now, the, the one that helped me you know, break out of my own issues and, and get out of my house and has helped me facilitate so much of what I do now. I, I still see on a weekly basis because it's, it's an important part. It's an important component to life. There's so much about therapy that we miss that, that, that we need, you know, even beyond, you know, once we've beaten the anxiety, once we've beaten the depression, having someone there that's so uh, without judgment, without uh, any kind of personal bias, is, is just a, a supporter of you, is a champion of you is somebody who genuinely is there to care for you is, is important. It's, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, the, the whole mix of, of living a lifestyle that combats mental fatigue and, and mental health issues, is a, it's a wonderful thing to live. Um, and we've just got to show that. We, we've got to coach that. We've got to preach that. And uh, we're, getting, we're getting to that level. Um, I, I don't want to say that, that RAD or anxiety gaming are our new acronyms will be RAD. Um, I don't want to say that we're going to do every single thing within mental health because that's it's it's not our place to attempt to it's it's it'll dilute what we're trying to do you know but our, our focus will be on on helping people get real help real care direct services um either you know at no cost which is our grant service now um or or very little cost if they can afford things but uh, really hitting it hard within the industry um, being a, a titan within the industry you know, and sharing these these ideals, these messages with the people that need to hear them, 
Um, because again, it's it's one thing for us to talk about these issues. It's another thing if Blizzard just makes a statement about these issues. Uh, it, it's it's so simple for them to do. It's so simple for Riot to do, um, to make these public displays, to be these beacons for that message. And again, it's it's not that they don't want to, they just don't know to. Um, so we'll we'll make sure that they are very well aware uh, shortly. They they both certainly already know who we are. So. so that's honestly a really good segue into kind of my my last question. What's what what should we expect out of out of anxiety gaming in in the future? What's what what are you gonna what are you gonna do to to keep helping? gamers what's what's immediately coming to mind yeah the the future is is universal mental health care for gamers uh, we we're not compromising on that we have spent the last few years completely covering the cost of care this is diagnosis this is uber or lyft rides if you don't have a car this is your therapy sessions this is medication if, if that's the route you want to go we have been doing that for people privately for many, many years. Uh, one of the, the amazing incentives that we've had to gamify this process is um, I had an individual who hadn't left his house in years, just like myself, many, many years. And we, we made a whole treatment plan for him. We had everything put together for him. He just had to find that, that place within him that overrode the anxiety that was keeping him from leaving. And, and we incentivized that process. Mm -hmm. um, his first step to make it a doctor's visit, we gave him a, a brand new Razer keyboard, Chroma keyboard, um, and, and a brand new Razer headset. Uh, these were all sent to us by Razer's incredible um, donation through, uh, well, Razer sent them to our friends over at Ultimate Media, um, so Alt-GG, uh, and, and those were sent to us. So, you know, thanks to both of those companies. Um, and then, Oh, as a reward for him making his first session of therapy, uh, Vertigear donated a $700 gaming chair to him. Wow. Uh, wow. So we, we're, we're going to do it big. We're, we're, we're not messing around here. We, we want people to get better, and we're going to give them every opportunity to do so. Um, that, that's what's coming on the horizon. And as that comes, you're, you're going to see – so many different incredible partners with people who like us believe that that this should be a thing that everybody who needs help deserves that help and there shouldn't be anything stopping them from getting there that's incredible um i'm yeah i'm kind of at a loss for words because that's yeah. it's really at a loss for words of that that's it, that's amazing right now you know i i i see the the sea change kind of happening where I don't remember where I read it recently. Gaming addiction can be listed as a, a valid yeah. mental health concern. And I yeah. think that that's, it, it almost seems. You're talking about the article that I shared? I think so, yeah. You know, where you can um, get social security or whatever, or you can call it as a disorder and you get social security for gaming. You know, that's, yeah, that, I think that's the first step to understanding that it is a it is a problem and that mental health care should extend to gamers or people who are struggling with in some way related to gaming so yeah you know that's that's one worth breaking down very very briefly if we have time for it 
Um, Go for it. So, okay, perfect. Yeah. So this, this whole announcement from who comes out as a response to a lot of therapists who are treating people that have an issue with gaming. Um, and, and by issue with gaming, I mean, this is somebody dealing with depression, dealing with anxiety, who has started to compulsively play video games. These are these toxic players we talked about who, uh, every time they, they lose, it, it ruins their whole day. And every time they win, they feel nothing. And they do this, they solo queue consistently for the next nine hours, regardless of, of the win or loss. Um, those individuals, therapists these days don't know what that is. We have to, to appreciate that a lot of therapists aren't gamers. There are certainly incredible therapists who are gamers, but even the ones that are aware of gaming don't understand why we use these, these, this form of entertainment, why we turn to gaming to deal with depression and anxiety. So what they're looking for is something that is... We'll wait for the echo. It was echoing again. There we go. Yeah, um, so they're, they're looking for something that's billable to insurance. And, and that's the, the only thing that we should really take from that is, is therapists need something to bill to insurance. They, they need a way to charge for the services they provide. And, and that's what this does. Um, but it's, it's an overarching glanced look at, at an issue. It's also important to notice that as this was added to the catalog, there was no treatment plan. There was no preventative plan. There was no real definition of this. Um, it, it was just a really half put together notion that, that a lot of people asked for outside of gaming and, and a lot of therapists within gaming are really upset about. Um, it's, it's very different than gaming addiction, which even more therapists will argue about. Uh, we are of the, the thinking that uh, we, we don't ask why the addiction, we ask why the problem. Why does somebody need the things that they're addicted to? Uh, mm -hmm. So we, we kind of avoid this whole, can gaming be an addiction? Uh, it depends on your, your operational definition of, of addiction, for one. Uh, but we can see the, the argument being, because there are people who compulsively play video games. There are people who just, that's, that's what they do in the morning. It's, it's routine, it's, it's behavioral. Um, yep. and, and that's a really big concern. The, the people that that impacts are, are not necessarily rare, but they're definitely not the majority of people dealing with depression, dealing with anxiety, who plays games. And that's another major problem with, with that approach, is there is a very distinct difference there. There are a lot of people who play games when they're depressed. There are a lot of people who play games to get away from anxiety. That's not always compulsive. That's not always addictive. Sometimes it's, it's way long hours. You have your World of Warcraft players, your MMO players who, to escape problems that, that are, are just tormenting them, play for, for six, seven hours a day. Mm -hmm. I, if I found somebody who was gambling for six or seven hours a day, I'd probably assume they were addicted. Yeah. Um, I, I would want to know more before I made something like that. But uh, with games, I, I think it's different. I, I really believe that it's, it's a different thing. And it's... It can be different in, in an even more negative way. It can be different in, in a positive way. But it's, it's so unique that it, it's just not the right time to make a glancing, overarching definition um, of game addiction or, or gaming disorder or whatever 
people have been trying to throw out there just yet. We really need to take some time to understand. And um, fortunately, and you know, anxiety gaming is is probably the best people to help with that uh, because we have the most experience in it. We we've, we've been doing this for about a decade. Um, you know, a lot of people are starting to get into this now, uh, but we have collected data on on over a hundred thousand gamers. That is is real data. That isn't just like a name and a number. Is is serious demographics diagnoses. It's you know we we are hoping to get more into research in the future. Uh, it's it's just not our main priority. We we see that there's a lot of people that are sick and and we want to help them. Um, and, and eventually we'll get to better understanding why people are sick. That's a lot to take in. I'm taking it all in right now. So. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just, it's it's flooring me. It's flooring me. Because, like, I'm learning more and more throughout all of this and, like, what you guys are doing. It's just mad. Just none of a, none of a love for the entire yeah. organization and everything, too. And I'm just like, I can't believe this is, like, an unpaid thing, too, at the same time. And that why am I just not finding out about this too? So, <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we do zero marketing, none. We, we can't, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, I'm about uh, to share we, this whole podcast out everywhere now, man. Everybody uh, about to know about this. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, absolutely. with we, before, I guess before we kind of end, I wanted to thank you because this has been, this has been incredible. Um, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of insight here in terms of, Things gamers need to hear, just in in regards to how how ubiquitous this really is, you know, I I think there is a, a mentality that that we we lost him again. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> but for some of that is a mentality that I feel like we need to really like come across throughout like all the communities, not just you know me doing anything like. Needed in the sh in the shooter first person shooters the fighting community, all the little sub branches and everything like everyone everyone in each community I know like they're struggling especially in the gaming world and stuff like everyone has a story that they need to tell or need to talk to but they just don't know who to go to and clearly this is one of the places that they absolutely need to come to and try to seek help if they ever do need help because i do know a lot of uh, members in the smash community that could really use this type of guidance in their life right now you know just to get them out like certain funks and all of that not, not even just certain funks but just certain stages of their life that they feel like they can honestly try to prove and come out into a positive dome instead of just complete negativity and toxicity over themselves and everything yeah, you know, fighting the fighting game scene is is one we're especially trying to become more active in. I, I don't think people understand the fighting community and and how different the fighting game community is from other esports. There's there's so much more of a communal nature to it. And, and even though fighting's fighting game scene is is kind of divided in the sense that players often switch games, um, you know, there's a lot of concrete ones like the Smash scene, like the the Tekken scene, like the Street Fighting scene that have been there for a long time uh, but even with players switching from from game to game this is a community that very much still has the in-person tournaments the small level tournaments that you know blow up to have hundreds or thousands of, of people enter 
uh, it's it's still very grassroots and, and it hasn't been uh, corrupted by big business just yet. Um, you know, it, within this year, uh, a, a group is is opening up in our city. So we're we're based in Long Beach, California. It's it's a a really large city within Los Angeles. Uh, some of the best fighting games players come from Long Beach, and we're super proud that they're here and, and rep in the same city. Uh, but a huge, huge arena is opening up in Long Beach called Thunder Gaming, um, and, and they're opening up what's what's actually going to shoot fighting games e- even well beyond where they are now. Uh, and that's a place where we'll be able to interact with fighting games players in the fighting game scene uh, on a regular basis because we're just we're just going to hang out there every time we can. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. Well, I think we're kind of out of time, but I want to thank you again so so much, Jason. Um, this has been incredible. It's been it's been really insightful, and and I'm super excited to be able to share this with with gamers. Um, what you're doing is is fantastic. Everything that that you want to do, and 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 really where you've come from, speaks volumes about. The tr- like how tr- really true your your intentions are. So, you know, much love, much love for Thank that. You. Hey, I, I really appreciate it. It was an absolute pleasure being on here and, and being involved. So I, I'm so excited to see what you guys do, and yeah, I, and please feel welcome to to contact me at at any time if there's more stuff you guys want to do. I'm totally down. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Thank you yeah, so much. Greatly appreciated and everything. Um, thank you again for being our special guest for this episode of Mind and Games. If if there's anyone you want to shout out to, if any anyone you want to holler for, yeah, you got the floor right now. We still got time. Floor is yours. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Let's let's see. Um, definitely, just want to again appreciate you guys. Mind Games, it's it's wonderful stuff. It's been an honor and a privilege to be involved. Um, our friends over at Soylent, I mean, they have been doing wonderful things for us. Anytime we have gamers going through our program that, you know, just the stress is too much and they find themselves struggling to eat and take care of themselves, Soylent drop ships them cases of Soylent and keeps them nourished. It's an incredible system they've built out. Uh, our friends over at Optic Gaming, who uh, we're, we're continuing to, to talk with and, and build a really beautiful relationship with, and, and our friends that already work there, um, CLG for supporting us for so many years and allowing us to build our system uh, under the, under their efforts and, and under what they have already created uh, and done so well with. Um, uh, MetaThreads, who makes a, a lot of the apparel that we wear on a regular basis, uh, I think probably half my wardrobe, our wardrobe uh, MetaThreads jerseys. So <laughs> huge shout out to them. Um, and, and to Subaru, who uh, has supported us financially for some time. Uh, and it's just, the car just incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, wow, that's, that's godlike, actually. <laughs> like, all yeah, the other ones were godlike, too. Like, Memphis, Solon, all of them, they were godlike. Then, then boom, Subaru. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Subaru has, has supported us. Tiny Builds, um, Paradox Games. Uh, our, our friends um, that... Well, our new friends who have helped to build uh, Heartbound, um, EGF, 
which is one of our, our closest partners, EGF, the Electronic Game Foundation, uh, has, has essentially created the NCAA of esports. It's blowing up all over the East Coast. Um, those guys put in so much effort. Uh, they, the only people that I can think of that, that work harder than we do on, on a daily basis uh, to, to help um, students and, and to help um, the collegiate scene grow. So, yeah, shout out to all of them. And again, thank you so much for the privilege. We were more than happy to have you on. And yeah, if, if you know, if we ever want to chat again, I'll be, be sure to message you. So, uh, on on behalf of Mind Games, thank you, Jason. Thank you, Anxiety Gaming. If you want to learn more, you can visit anxietygaming.com. Uh, all of the links will be be posted below on on the video on YouTube. Everything will be on the podcast info somewhere. So. Thank you again so much, Jason. It was awesome. Thank you. Take care, guys. Thank you, All right. Jay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So that was incredible. Yeah. Um, I guess for the next couple of minutes, let's 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 kind of process that. That was that was fantastic. Um, Completely different tone from last week's episode. Completely and, different tone from last week's. Yeah, and and. Honestly, it, it was. It felt really. It felt great. It, yeah, it felt yeah. fantastic. Um, that's something that I wanted to be able to be uh, to do. I wanted to be able to talk about mental health, and I wanted it to to feel honest, and and that felt that felt so genuine. Well, um, Dad, serious. I came into this episode completely ignorant on what he was going to be discussing and everything, and I was literally taken for a ride from beginning to end, like. For any of y'all that are just joining right now, you missed a lot of subjects yeah, that got touched up on from just straight from the get-go about boom, depression, suicide, everything, why he even started up anxiety gaming and everything. Like his oh my god, the whole organization and everything. It just was heartwarming from the entire time to all the way to the end and everything, dude. And you know, I think Yeah. I what I'm what I'm hopefully going to do is I'm going to be able to clip this audio and, and share it out. But man, that's gamers need to hear that because it, I mean, I, I've been in all of those places, not leaving my room, you know, just not taking care of myself, playing video games for 14, 15 hours a day. I've been there. And so I know, I know that need to like, Oh, I want to help people. I want to be better. I want to be a better person. So it all rings so true, um, and I, uh, I I think people need to hear it. I think gamers need to hear that because I think we all have the potential to to do well for, both for ourselves and for others. And and he is the gaming embodiment of that. Absolutely, like oh man, I can't believe that he's been around for eight years and probably done some, and I'm just now. Yeah, knowing I mean, about him, just hearing about him and everything, dude. <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah, I didn't hear about them until I met um, a, a, a friend of mine who kind of put me in touch or at least introduced me to what Anxiety Gaming does. Man. Uh, dude, if you I, didn't bring him into the episode, I probably would still not know what the hell they were about or anything. I would have died yeah. just like uh, BC tier 
esports organization or something, dude. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. That's what he was saying. They don't advertise. They don't, you know, they... They need to. He, they need to. They need to get the names out, man. Like That's... They, they bank upon word of mouth, and I, I respect that because they know... This this is word of mouth right here, right? This, yeah, and and I, I anyone who's listening, I, I highly highly recommend looking up Anxiety Gaming. Follow him on Twitter at Anxiety Gaming AG, I believe. Um, let me let me just quickly make sure. I don't want to totally embarrass myself. We got him on Twitter right now. Yeah, can... at at Anxiety Gaming AG, uh, and and you can follow Jason Docton at J Docton. Um, Keep up with them. Uh, I, I really hope to see what they do gain more traction and gain more more exposure because it's it's so important. Uh, he he brought up one HP, which correct me if I'm wrong, hasn't. I feel like I've seen a one HP. They're at a smash event. They were right. Yeah. They okay, to, that's they go to smash events and everything. Like I remember, um, I don't know what's down, but I'm pretty sure that I got like. Massage or exercises for like my wrists and all my backs and everything. One of, at one of the events. Yeah, because I I know I've seen one HP stuff at, at at some event. I just don't remember which. But yeah, I, you know one one HP exists. Uh, doing sports exercise for esports that exists. There's there's tons of information about it. If you want to look into it, look into it. But it's there is uh there's a, a lack of information yeah. when it comes to mental health and esports and and he is doing. Exactly what I think needs to be done. He's he's bringing exposure to this issue, and and that's the best he can do right now because this is all so new to everyone. And the you thing know, no one... I love about it, he's doing it at his own pace too. Like yes, just straight up, not you know like he, he took him three years. Yeah, like he knew exactly what he's doing and everything. Like and he's doing it his way, and it's beautiful right now. <laughs> Crazy, it's crazy. Again, follow huh? Jason. <laughs> follow yeah, follow Jason, follow Anxiety Gaming. Uh tune in next week on, on Tuesday, not Wednesday. Next week is Tuesday. We're doing it on Tuesday because next Wednesday is Valentine's Day. Tuesday. Um next week. Um it's probably gonna be another completely different tone from the yeah, last two episodes. We're, we're yeah, the next two episodes are going to be great. We have next week on Tuesday at Beto Girls at 6 p.m. Central Time. So we got the off the, off the top of my head. I think we have Kavi. We have Kokiri. We have yeah, Kathy Kokiri, Hyrule, Faradagale. Who else? Faradagale. Oh, Faradagale. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Princess Hyrule is going to be joining us. But yeah, we'll have a bunch of people. Um, it'll be. I mean, I can pull up the list right now that they said they're guaranteed and everything. So, and yeah. it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So far, it's legit. Um, three: Kavi, Kathy, Gail, Farala, Gail, Taylor, Kokiri. Um, and they want to bring in Miss Tolkien, Eris, at Miss. Oh Tolkien. yeah, yeah. And they might possibly, if anything, depending on work, they said Magma from you know you are gaming from you know, oh, yeah, yeah. Midwest Cat PH. Steph, Sweet Lolly, or Cass, Celestial Pup. So, yeah, we I mean, we could have anywhere from, like, 
six guests to to i think nine maybe ten so it'll be a really interesting episode um we're gonna have a lot of fun i it'll have some valentine's bullshit i'm sure there are probably gonna be some valentine's day talking about yeah but gotta be for anyone that's in here just expect a lot of women gamers in here like girl gamers and all that coming through yeah and i'm sure you guys follow them on twitter their Twitch, their Instagrams, wherever they do their social media. So they make got, sure y'all tune in. Big crowds. Yeah. So it's going to be great. Um, I'm signing out. All right. So, yeah, I, this concludes the episode two of Mind Games. Big shout outs once again to the founder of Anxiety Gaming, Jason Docton, and everything that he's done. Uh, we'll make sure that we get um, these. The, Previous episode of Zero up on our YouTube channel, also on my Facebook as well, and we'll possibly post this out on our Twitter. So make sure you follow all of those. We'll let you know if you're not following me at D underscore Disciple. Do it now. You're doing wrong. I mean, hold on. Let me just throw this key out right now. I'm pretty sure there ain't no one in my chat. But um, let me do this right now. So yeah, just hit those links, hit those follows. I'm going to post them on there, most likely on my Twitter and on my Facebook page. And once we get the Mind Games page and everything, too, we'll do that as well. Um, right now, it's 7.57. We're almost on the dot at 8 p.m. We're about to close out. Once again, it's your boy, The Disciple, with Astarion. Thank y'all for coming through. I'll see y'all next week, next Tuesday at 6. All right. Peace.